everybody. Welcome to episode number 46 of the Coach's Journey podcast. Robbie here, and in this episode, I am interviewing Henrietta Nelson. Henrietta has always been interested in people's minds. In this conversation, she describes how during a decade spent working as a solicitor who specialised in insurance litigation, she would study her colleagues' faces, observing their drives and their motivations. Uh, After a friend recommended a two-day course at the Coaching Academy, Henrietta felt the pieces begin to fall into place. Becoming a coach has given Henrietta a fresh perspective. In this episode, she talks about facing down feelings of impatience, shaking off the sense that life is happening elsewhere. We talk about the beauty and difficulty of becoming free to choose how we work as coaches. As a lawyer, nobody wanted Henrietta to indulge in experiments, but as a coach, she works in creative ways and creates a creative wonders for and with her clients. If you're dealing with self-doubt or caught up in comparisons or in need of a reminder that the journey you're on is valid, full of potential, uniquely yours then I think Henrietta's reflections on her arrival at a place filled with meaning might be just what you need to hear. Uh, We get into the inside-out phenomenon and how our thinking about the outside world impacts us. Um, We we talk about um, how accepting that she was a part-time coach made all the difference for her in thinking about her business. We're talking about dealing with perceived rejection and early setbacks, letting go of getting everything right and linear trajectories, and coping with anxiety in order to find inspiration. Um, and and uh, Henrietta also talks really beautifully about the impact that this podcast, The Coach's Journey, has had on her um, and pulls out some of the highlights for her of, 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 of 45 previous episodes of the show. Um, and that's where this episode came from. I, I love it. And I, we talked about it early on in the, in the interview, but Henrietta wrote to me because she was making an audacious request and, and she tells... She, she, she talks about why she was doing that, which is a lovely little reflection that she has on how she works with her clients. But she made what felt like an audacious request to me to be a guest on the show. And I read it and I thought, oh, this is a great idea. We should definitely do this. And, and now we have. Um, and I wanted to just mention that here because the thing I don't think I did quite say in the interview is on the other side of the audacious request, I want to make it really clear, on the other side of any audacious request is just a person. A bit like Claire Pedrick said a couple of episodes ago, you know, it's just another person. And you never know whether they th- might think this is a great idea. And that's why that's true when we're making invitations of prospective clients or requests of someone who has a podcast that you might want to be on. Reminds me of a, a time when one of my clients, inspired by Michael Neal's uh, writing around something similar, sent him a request. And he said no, but it was great that she sent him a request. And he replied. And, and isn't, that, isn't that interesting? Um, we get into the three principles in this conversation, more explicit even than I think we did when we, when I spoke to Jamie Smart or Kathy Presland. And a really nice moment in the podcast is is Henrietta challenging me, using some some kind of three principles thinking on my response to the three principles. So look out for that. That's um, I, I'm always interested in those moments. Um, before we dive into the interview, I want to say. Um, a huge thank you to those people who, who give ongoing support to the podcast by being a community member or a supporter of the show. Um, you can find out more about how to join the community, which is a, a flexible, uh, affordable group coaching program led by me or the support or becoming a supporter. Um, you can find out more about those at thecoachesjourney.com slash community or patreon.com slash thecoachesjourney. But a big thank you to Alex Witten, Joey Owen, Vera Yanka, Alex Swallow, Ken Bruin and Neil McKinnon for their ongoing support in particular. Um, yeah, I hope, really hope you enjoy this conversation with Henrietta. We had a great time doing it. And um, 
it was really wonderful to touch in with a with a former client, a former member of the community, and somebody whose whose work just seems to be going from strength to strength. And you'll you'll hear me reflect in the conversation about what a yeah what a pleasure it is to be in conversation with her, hear about all the things she's done and the learning she's done on the way, and get some great tips for you know all kinds of interesting ideas for how to continue your coach coaching development and learning as well. So I hope really hope you enjoyed this uh, interview with the fantastic Henrietta Nelson. Henrietta Nelson, welcome to the Coach's Journey podcast. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it's really lovely to have you here. Um, and I think rather than me tell it, maybe I, I really like how this conversation came about. And I think it says something about you and your coaching and that kind of thing. Would you be up for just telling listeners really why we're having this conversation? Sure. Well, first things first, I really wanted to catch up with you um, because we did some great, great work together in 2020 and you're you're quite difficult. You're busy, so you're difficult to pin down. And so I it's quite a sneaky way of doing it. As I, and I, I've been thinking, if I listen to this pod, your podcast quite religiously and I have done since the first time I was put onto it by Katrina Horry, who put me onto it. And sometimes as I listen to it, I, was, I, I think to myself, I've been thinking to myself, I'd love to go on Robbie's podcast to tell him about how the various conversations have impacted on my own coach's journey, because it's been quite influential. You know, some of the people you've interviewed, I've gone on to work with, or something they've said has really sort of sparked something in me or ignited a, some sort of insight. And so it sort of came to me sometimes as I was driving along. Oh, I'd love to sort of share that with Robbie. And that would actually make quite an interesting uh, podcast because I, I probably am earlier on in my coaching journey than a lot of the people you speak to. And uh, sometimes that's quite nice to hear, actually, because often you you hear from people only who, you know, they've been doing it for years and years and years and they have an established business and actually, I thought, well, actually, maybe it might make a nice change to speak to someone who's earlier on in the journey, but who's, you know, had some twists and turns, which have have been um, uh, influenced by by this very podcast. So I wrote you an email in which I asked you, which I, I, I call an audacious request, which was putting this idea to you. And the reason I came up with that was because I was coaching a client. And I put a challenge to her, which was um, she's she, it was writing, making some audacious requests of other people. She's trying to change career, you know, not quite sure what what where she might go. And so we created this experiment where, yeah, she was going to make some audacious requests of people. You know, can I speak to you? How you know, asking them about their work or something like that. And whenever I set a client some sort of challenge or we create some challenge together. I often like to sort of turn it on me and say, is that the sort of thing I would do or am I walking my talk here? And so I asked myself that question and I kind of thought I, I probably could be doing more. I could there are more audacious requests that I could be making. So this one just came to mind when I was thinking about that, which was actually asking Robbie, can I come on your podcast? Can I you know, talk to you? So it's it's sort of twofold, really. One, having a nice chat with you and two you know, making an audacious request. And I love both so much in what you said that I really love. I love the idea of, um, yeah, what, whatever you've created with your client, 
checking if it's something that would be useful for you. Like that's a really cool way to look at things. And I bet it throws interesting things up. And what happened for me was I got this email from you and I was like, that's a, a that's a great idea for an episode. Um, and uh, yeah, it felt like perfectly timed. So this is the thing. It might have felt like one of the things I wanted to pull out from this. It might have felt like an audacious request to you. And then it came to me and it was an, it felt like a, just an obvious thing for us to do. I think, you know, you, you've probably, you may have spotted this, regular listeners to the show will, that in the last year, I've been playing a little bit more with what actually happens in on this podcast. We've had guests back for a second time, has been reposting some interviews that I've done elsewhere. You know, these Raquel, the last episode was Raquel um, interviewing me. It's um, And so it felt like a really nice time as, you know, what's this podcast? It's like three and a, three and a bit years old. And it's like, you know, I'm thinking a little bit, well, what, what, what is it for? Mm. Where does it go? And so I love the idea of um, in some way, and we'll see how much we do this because you never know where these conversations go in some way, revisiting some of that. Uh, when we were in a, when the podcast was two, I did, people could be able to find these on the Coach's Journey LinkedIn and Facebook pages. You know, I went back through them recording a little voice note um, for the, Steve, who does the copy for the podcast so that he could create um, a kind of journey through the Coach's Journey podcast first two years. And I thought as I was recording, it, I was like, oh, yeah, also, this could have been a great if I'd recorded this differently, mm. and thought about it differently, I could have also created an interesting little bit of content about what the different episodes meant for me and at different stages and, and that kind of thing. And also, I just love Henrietta that <laughs> I think, who was it? Maybe Lucy Ball said it when, when we, were, we were having that interview a few episodes ago, it was like, this is a quite an elaborate way. <laughs> for us to find to hang out and um we were talking before we both live we live relatively we used to live really really near each other in london and now we live relatively near each other in in the english countryside so maybe we'll do some in-person hanging out and i am a bit hard to get hold of sometimes aren't i am <laughs> pinned down and it's been an interesting thing i've been reflecting with my coach at the moment we haven't explicitly said that but it it is an interesting i'm thinking at the moment quite a bit about how i work and how my life's structured and it mm. it is an interesting thing that a i give off that impression and b it's kind of true and what does it mean like i think we've, we've all got to think about this really when we when we get this privilege of on some level being able to create how our time is spent and how our business is structured you know am i cool with the idea that it's quite hard for me to have a vaguely spontaneous meeting with a with a former client or a friend you know there's lots to be said for that and part yeah. of part of Part of the reason it's like that is to create a space to publish four books in a year. Yeah. Right? But um, in the long term, how does that look? So, yeah, I really like that, all that reflection. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad you're here on the show. And um, I actually think you've been coaching for quite a long time. And so I'm not sure you're quite the fresh faced new coach that you think that you kind of reflected on there. But I really think it's true. That thing you said, though, about people who, about having stories from different stages of, um a career because and if people want other ones like if i think about barry ennis that's probably another fairly early one on the show you know some ways the things that i've spoken about in in those first couple of episodes that were just about me come from earlier in my coaching journey but yeah in the last year i've been speaking to a lot of people who have been coaching for 20 plus years and that's mm. really different to what it's like when you're when you're in when the business is more in its you know, infancy or adolescence yeah. or something like that. And so, Henrietta, when did you first come across coaching 
in the way that we talk about it now. Okay, well, because I, I, I've listened to this so many times, <laughs> I knew this question was coming. Yeah. Um, I first was introduced to it by a friend when I was on my first maternity leave. Um, my daughter's now 11. Um, and we were talking. I knew I wanted to step away. I was a solicitor, had been for about 10 years. Um, and I knew that during my maternity leave, I knew that that was probably going to be a moment where unless I got the work for it to work for me, i.e. three day week or something like that, I was probably going to leave. That that was quite a scary prospect for me. I was I'd been waiting for what I call the involuntary pause, something that makes you have to leave leave a job or something because I wasn't bold enough to leave it um, without, you know, without knowing what I would do. And it's amazing how I sort of felt I was probably only in my early 30s then, you know, that I, I felt like it was too late, to, you know, to change careers. I was very scared about the idea of change. I think that that's there's a story behind that. And, you know, the whole of my life, really, I just followed the next step. You know, you leave school, you go to university, I leave university. Oh, I know I'll become a lawyer. Then you go to law school and then you get through the sort of the law the the sort of law sausage factory you know if then you do your your training contract then you get a you know and and so suddenly the idea of, sort of stepping away from a preordained sort of career was very very scary for me um anyway I was chatting to a friend and she'd just done a, a two-day sort of taster course with the coaching academy and she said oh it's brilliant I really enjoy it I've signed up I've got all the folders she showed me all the fol folders that she got have you thought about that? And she was a friend who I really respected her opinion and it sounded. And so I went along to this two day uh, sort of taster and it just clicked for me. It was like everything. I just realized, wow, this is what I should be doing. I love this. I, I'd always loved, you know, as a lawyer, we've had these day training sessions or even lunchtime sessions. I'd always loved them. And I'd always thought, oh, imagine being the person that's leading that and getting out, things out of it. And that was something I'd always been really surprised when we come out of the training and someone else would say, well, that was boring. And I'd be like, what? That was fascinating. I could have, you know, I could do that all day long. So it really kind of clicked, actually, that that was what I liked. I'd always been really fascinated in human beings, what made people tick, voracious reader. And that's almost because it allows me to get into other people's minds. Um, you know, I would sit and look at people in the office and say, I wonder what really gets them motivated to do what they're doing and so it just sort of it was just like a sort of oh this is it this is this is it this is what you know and um so it felt just really a, a kind of no-brainer decision to go ahead and then train to become a coach so that's when I first heard about it and then I signed the court did the course and you know so it's actually pretty fast like hear about it get that and yeah I've been on that two-day thing I didn't end up training with the coaching academy but I think they they're doing like you know, that is a, you know, they, they do it for a reason because it's a good sales process, but it's a very, like, it will be a lot of people's first experience of coaching yeah. and coaching practice. And that's a pretty big service that in some ways they're doing, I think, yeah. for the coaching industry. And a lot of people won't go on to do other things, but will take that, take some of those skills wherever mm. they go. They're quite, they're quite kind of, it's quite hard sales because they get you to pretty much sign up. Like, while you're still in that nice vibe of, you know, it's still on that high. I think, you know, if, if you don't sign up within sort of 48 hours, you get a, you have to pay more or something like that. 
So yeah, it was quite quick. And actually, I think by that stage, I was just pregnant with my second daughter. So uh, it worked quite well, because I could do quite a lot of it um, on that second maternity leave, you know, which for me, who was a, someone who was quite a scaredy cat, it was like, well, if I'm just doing this, you know, on my maternity leave, if I then still want to go back to the law, then I can, um, you know, so it felt sort of safe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also I got I got some redundancy payment, actually, from my law firm I'd taken voluntary redundancy from. So it's sort of, again, the money kind of piece sort of feel, felt like it sat quite nicely together. Yeah, it feels, I mean, it's interesting to hear you tell a story, which I'm not sure I've, you know, just even though we did some, we did some work together over six or seven months, and we've spoken since then. I don't think I've ever heard you tell the story in that way that really ties it to being a mother. Mm. You know, it's really a part of that story, the kind of something happening, you know, the, yeah, the involuntary pause of kind of having to look at your life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is a bit of a, maybe a bit of a controversial thing to say, but I think, I think that's an incredible gift that women get yes. that men don't get. I which agree. Is a forced, often, if they have children, a kind of forced career break. Not only that, but at the time when your priorities have to change mm. for almost everyone, because suddenly there's this new, and I know what this is like, this is a new being in your life, which is just the center of your world in some ways. And I suspect that there are fewer, like, women in, you know, careers that they stumbled into in their 50s, yeah. 60s, looking back, thinking, where did my life go? Than there are men because of that, that pause. Yeah. And you can really hear it in your story. And I've heard it in, to a certain extent, in other people's. And then, and the second piece too, the, the space to do it, but also, you know, and I thought about this a lot in the last year, the the you know when i've been thinking about the 12 minute method that the the way that the kind of overwhelming thing we can take the pressure off yeah and it's actually like in order to do action yes and then like it sounds like the second maternity leave timing with the coaching academy was like oh, actually yeah i can do this now without it having to be the be all and end all yeah um yeah really nice really nice and you know you did that training you said you signed up pretty quickly I actually thought on that two-day intro to coaching course their sales were like I was expecting it to be more high pressure when I did it okay. than it actually was maybe that was just my expectations but you're right they did those things that that are one way to sell right mm -hmm. which is like give people some scarcity to really like make them make a decision and yeah. I don't think that that in and of itself is no bad thing um you said you but it said you said it felt quite fast like when you look back on that was that like what's your reflection on the speed with which that moved well i've subsequently people have come to me and said you know where would you recommend i look to do my training and and i've said go along to these taster days but possibly just be aware that this is going to happen and there are lots of um there are lots of providers out there you know you you i'm sure you'll get some sort of all right price you know so it's more important to find the provider that really clicks for you um, just know that they're going to do a hard sell on you um, and be open to that because that's that's sort of their payback for giving you two days of free coaching you know which is valuable in itself is that they're then going to put a bit of pressure on you so I think just being aware that that's going to happen meaning that you might then not necessarily fall into that trap what you know whether you know I, I don't know whether it's a trap and you might get some good value savings by signing out then but yeah, it's just something to to be to be aware of, I think, before you go along to these these sessions. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, when people ask me, I say something really similar, actually, you know, find the providers and they almost all offer something like, I think that that's the only two day one that I know of, but they all offer a low cost. Most of them, I think, offer a low cost or free something, whether yeah. it's like two hours or an afternoon or, or whatever. And I think, yeah, going along to them and getting a feel for it. But it's a really nice, that's a really nice, generous kind of tip. Just be aware, isn't it, of the, you know, it's like, um, it's useful in all parts of our life, isn't it? Be aware of the moves that people make and our psychology yeah. <laughs> so that you can like know that it's happening. It's not, doesn't make it like a, you know, uh, there's a great, I don't know if you've seen it or have read it actually. I've read like two chapters. There's a book called, is it called Persuasion by Cialdini or something like that? Have I've read, read the Jane Austen version, but I haven't read that one. Okay. Yes. Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Um, and, but there's a the great, I'll try and find a, a link to it, put it in the show notes. There's a great video version. So you don't have to read this long book. And in that book though, he's, you, you know, he's telling you, telling us how to persuade people. Mm. And you can tell his conscience is present because he's constantly saying, trying to say only use this in an ethical way. Yeah. <laughs> right. To persuade people don't, you know, i.e., please don't take my work and use it for evil, because it is they're really powerful techniques, aren't they? Like yeah. the, you know, it's a really, like you said, in that moment of, and we can use this in our coaching businesses. Well, I was right? going to say it's very relevant to coaching because if you have a powerful taster session with some someone and then you say it costs this to work with me, often they'll be absolutely biting your hand off at the end of the session and saying, yes, this, you know, there's no way I could imagine not working with you. You know, I can't possibly get to my goal or where I want to go without having you by my side and and then there can be a cooling off period where they go they you know they calm down they have a chat with their husband who says what do you think you're going to give that amount of money to this person to you know get you somewhere that you might already get on your own like you're mad and so then you do get the you know the, the absolute surefire yes suddenly becomes a oh I'm not sure and so there is the truth in it yeah, mm. yeah I hadn't thought about it I, I wasn't actually thinking that that's really it's a great point it's like to be prepared as a coach like I think this is like I probably told you this story before I might have told it on the podcast probably have one of the most vivid memories of the first couple of years of my coaching first yeah like still probably the first year actually because I shifted to two days a week coaching pretty quickly and at the time when I shifted to two days a week coaching I actually didn't have any clients and so it's a little bit of a stressful period and then I got someone who said yes essentially exactly that thing happened we did some coaching it was I mean Thinking back, it was really good. That's what I remember about mm. it. It was like a, a really amazing thing happened for this person. Said yes for a tiny amount of money looking back. Like I think it was 300 pounds. Yeah. But then said no. And I'd basically psychologically shifted into the world where I had a client finally and it was all going to work. And that was then torn down by the no. Yeah. Um, it was like I can remember sitting on the sofa going hot and cold. Emma just like having my wife having a girlfriend then having to just like basically leave me to it because there was just no only yeah. time was going to take me out of that one really and yeah that was partly it's, it is a very powerful sales technique and it's one I still use to and I, I think you do as well to give an experience yes of coaching um and I, but I just never really seen the thing that you pointed to which is that the one of the downsides of that is you get a yes from that space, which later meets reality and mm. people's resistance to change, mm -hmm. which gives you that chance of of, of yes and then no. Yeah. Interestingly, these days, I almost never get a yes in the conversation. Okay. I don't know if you do. Like I, 
It almost always happens. And I basically am totally happy with this, although a sales coach might tell me differently. Basically, to get to the end, almost everybody says, I need to think about this. And I'm just like, I love that. I just encourage it. Yeah. You know, because I want people to get, I want, I guess what I, what I'm seeing now is I want people to get, I want to get a real yes. Yeah. When someone's ready to give the yes, not a kind of scarcity based yes, which is much more likely to then become a yeah, no. Let's... I'm probably losing out on some people who talk themselves practically out of it mm-hmm. later, where if they were in a yes already, they might not, but um, it just feels for me like uh, the right way to do it. And I think there's some, probably some scale of fees thing as well where actually if i'm asking people to pay yeah is two and a half grand for a few months then they actually probably do need to really think about whether they've actually got that money yeah and one thing i've learned from jamie smart actually which i think is really important when they say i need to think about it or i need to talk to a husband okay so what 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 particularly is are your potential things that you really need to think about or what are you going to discuss you know what do you need from your husband and um so then getting them how they're going to you know what the conversation is going to be like so um because often a husband who hasn't had the conversation um hasn't or a wife or you know the other partner it seems complete madness to them you know to be spending the money on coaching so often you know that they're going to so what 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 are you going to be telling them about our conversation why why has it been so powerful for you and you know what are you going to be yeah so how are you going to be framing it to them and so yeah. they've actually thought about that. Yeah, because they haven't, they haven't, uh, the two things they haven't got at least, isn't it? They haven't been in the conversation with the coach mm. to feel what it's like, but they also haven't been the the person, the potential yeah. client and know what their life is like really. And often they may know a lot less about whatever the thing is that's creating the need or the desire for support from a coach. They may actually know a lot less about that than the coach at this exactly. moment. Um, that's a really and nice. And that's what Jamie says, that they'll be calibrating off you. So if yeah. you say, I'm pretty sure I need this in my yeah. life and I'm going to spend this, you know, most people would be supportive. Yeah, I think that sounds, you know, it sounds like it's really important to you. But if you say, I'm thinking of giving two and a half thousand pounds to this stranger I met, you know, over the internet. so on the internet. It does sound like a mad idea. Um, so, yeah, that's that, I think that's an important, com- you know, thing to 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 add in you know what are you going to be how are you going to be presenting it to them yeah really nice and and so in your journey um just to bring it back to that when you think about you know what you did the coaching academy training what, what happened next what were the things that stood out over the next period um so i did the training and i got my you know, you obviously have to do a certain amount of hours um, to with with uh, pro bono clients, and I got my shiny certificate, and I actually got it at the time where I had my I'd had my third daughter. Obviously, it took the tra- training might have taken a while. I'd had my third child by then. I then at the end of my you know one year maternity, she was about one, and I was like, right, okay, let's get going, let's build this business, and I did the sort of classic um thing which was like okay what am I what's my branding going to look like you know do some business cards and kind of got really excited about that and then just really stalled when it came to having to ask money for for what I was doing I'd also had that break you know that break of I hadn't really been coaching while I had a young baby so I'd sort of forgotten about the power of it and for me it was a really big step going from offering free coaching to people which I knew they could benefit from. I, I 
back to myself that, you know, it would be worthwhile, it would be worthwhile the time that they were giving to it. But then suddenly when I had to ask money from it, um, that suddenly felt like a really big thing. And essentially what I really saw going into the one of your guests from Allegra Stein is I just fell victim to the coaching industrial complex mm-hmm. completely, which was like, you know, who, what's your niche going to be? That was my big thing again. Oh, my God, what's my niche going to be? How much am I going to charge? I suddenly thought I had to go from charging zero to charging you know, over a hundred pounds, you know, I had that sort of story that, you know, I had to sort of be charging big figures. So I completely hit hit a wall really. And I put that down to, um, yeah, that, that sort of coaching, you know, what you hear from the coaching in- industry about what, what one needs to do to start a business. And really what I just should have done is just quietly just started coaching people um, you know, I didn't need any branding at that stage. I should have just been reminding myself what coaching was, the value in it, getting some nominal payments and just taking it really, really slowly. If I look back. Yeah. And mm, yeah, so much in that idea, really. I mean, I know that I, you know, you know, that I just think that, you know, those, those there's kind of two or three things in there that feel really important. One is to remember the power of coaching. Mm. like two great ways to do that one receive coaching and the other be coaching people in whatever way you can and that shift that for many of us not all people but true for me like I knew I was lucky to I guess I kind of knew this ahead of time that I needed to practice the money thing because I knew I had never done it and would potentially struggle with it but that it was kind of vital yeah Uh, if you want to make money from coaching which I I just want to say like I, I don't have a that's kind of what the show is about on some levels, this podcast, but it's in some levels, it's not. I was just saying to you before we switched on the recording that when I think about one of the things that I thought about this podcast from the start that it would do is enable people to see that people do coaching in all kinds of different ways. And if you mm. see that that happens, then um, you can really choose how you you specifically want to do it. Um and I guess we haven't really had anyone on the show who doesn't charge for it. And that's quite interesting. Like maybe that doesn't exist. Um, but if you're a listener who does a lot of coaching, but it is never a, uh, it, you know, none of your intention is to make money from it. Like that would be a cool conversation yeah. to have, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, and certainly, but for those of us that do want to make some money from coaching, that shift is is important. Yeah. How, maybe this is not the next part of the story, but how did you make that shift to charging um i i think i just slowly did um i slowly um you know i was charging very little i I knew i always wanted i knew i always wanted to work with someone in a block i knew i didn't want to do one-off sessions so i think early early on exactly it was like a few hundred pounds for say four sessions i mean it wasn't very much um and i would um yeah so i would slowly um uh just built it up i i actually the, the other important part to throw in which is i i had one real stool and this i now look back and i i laugh but but i had one client who had one session with me and in between the the first session and the second session i think she discovered she was pregnant so obviously the whole things about what her like where her life was going had changed quite a lot and then she said she didn't want to work with me 
that was my you're crying on the sofa moment I absolutely could not deal with that you know I think I probably had more than two, uh, two sessions maybe I found that oh I'm a terrible coach I can't do this who do I think I am she doesn't want to work with me I that really really um hit me and now I I, th- I find that really um s- surprising but it was that first sort of I I perceived as a rejection and that really made me looking back now I I had a lot of work to do around rejection you know I I was unable to accept any form of rejection and so that's been a a real journey since that stage and now you know I looking back I can see why she didn't want to coach you know she was looking at building setting up her own business and then she suddenly found that she was having a baby so it just the whole premise of the coaching just had absolutely changed it could have been that she didn't like me or didn't like my work but again again, I'd be okay with that now but yeah really really um and I can remember thinking oh I'm not going to do this I'm not cut out for this so yeah it was my first you know and that's something that I'd really has been a real journey that there was such a um a strong need to get everything right as a you know and I think that you could put that down to my loyalty background um you know the inability to fail in anything um you know that that's been a a real a real journey and uh, that's one I'm still on and you know just sort of learning to embrace the things that don't go so well as much as the ones that do and just learn and take the learning and then move on yeah you sound um it's actually like uh, i didn't say this to you before we switched on but we haven't spoken for a while and but you you sound really grounded right now as you i think you know generally that's the flavor that i get from this conversation as somebody's been in conversation with you a lot um and as you're talking about this i can kind of feel the it feels to me like things have changed for you mm. since we since we worked together but, but certainly since this 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 example of the story yeah i'm wondering have there been particular things you've done, insights you've had that that you would say have helped? Does that is that what it feels like? And are there yes. particular things you've done that that have have helped create the conditions for that to happen? Yes, a lot of a lot of things actually. Um, you know, my work with you was probably a starter in that, and that's part of my coaching journey. When I had this, I was finding it really difficult the charging, and that's when I came on the coaches journey group program with you. All right. And so there was, you know, there was a lot of learning through that. And actually, I, I just to remind myself of some of our work, I looked at one of our last videos and I could see then how far I've come even since then. But, but you know, you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. So I was there then and, and now I'm here now. Um, but I think there has been the fundamental shift for me. And this actually I attribute to, to Jamie Smart, really, and, um, you know, the the work I've done with him and and, and uh, just, just catch it sorry I didn't say it when you mentioned Katrina Hori so she's because mm. because because we, we have got that you know we, you did have that idea that this mm. is partly about how these things have um how the podcast and your journey intersect Katrina is a guest that people can go back and listen to her episode um and Jamie is and is that you did you come across Jamie through through this you show? Yeah. yeah yeah through the show exactly mm. and I um I started following him I think on his Facebook and then I I it was after the um uh 2020 and I thought I need a bit of support here you know I want I'd been I had found it very difficult to do I did a little bit of coaching 
but it was quite difficult when I was homeschooling three children. Um, so I kind of remember thinking, you know, I need some support to get me going again after um, in 2021. And so having followed Jamie since your podcast episode, something about what he had said had really struck me. He said that um, he said something along the lines of every human being is sitting in mental, good mental health. Uh, something along the lines which really kind of jolted me because I was like I'm not sure I see that as a truth but he said it with such conviction but it it sparked my interest and this is something that I've seen since seen that sometimes saying controversial things can actually kind of spark a, a an interest beyond saying something which is sort of more palatable so it obviously had sparked something in me. And he'd also he'd said a few things that had just sort of resonated with me. And so I'd followed him. And then I saw that he was offering this thing called the um, Transformational Bootcamp, TCB. So I went on that. And um, he introduced me to the three principles understanding, which I know you've got other guests on here have talked through. Yeah, but but for those, I mean, it's a, I, I don't know if you from that training and the way you think about it can do this but i'm going to invite you to for those who haven't they can go back and listen to jamie or i think kathy preslin talked about mm-hmm. it there might be somebody else phil goddard doesn't specifically mention it but he's he's, but he's trained yeah it's he's there. Um, yeah and, and so but for people who haven't come across the three principles can you give a flavor for them of of what it what it means or what it is it's, or what that approach is is like it's completely stripping back um all of the, our kind of intellectualized ideas about what's a good thing and, you know, uh, you know, this is a theory and this is a concept and it's actually stripping back to what what's going on with our human experience at an absolutely most basic level, which is, you know, what is it, what is it to be human? And it's it it sort of was born out of a enlightenment experience that this chap called Sid Banks had in 1970s. And he saw that, you know, what what life was which was you know it's 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 you know, he kind of it, he articulated it into three principles which was mind uh thought and consciousness so we are mind which just means we're governed by universal intelligence behind life the intelligence that tells the trees what to do that all animals are governed you know that you know animals don't read textbooks to tell them you know how to give birth and things like that it just sort of happens this intelligence behind life and then that's mind uh, thought is our, you know, what creates our own experience. My experience uh, of of life is is very unique to me, and that's brought to life through consciousness. But but what it did to me, and and it also what Sid said, is that we are, you know, we we all have innate well being. Our ability to have, to be okay in life, just generally to be okay, is not dependent on whether someone signs up for my coaching session whether I have lots of likes on a LinkedIn post I might do, whether the person, you know, someone likes me or doesn't like me, um, whether I've got something right. It's it's there all the time. And the only thing that takes me away from that is my my thinking, my my thoughts, which believe where I believe that I need things from the outside world to be okay. And you know, that's a fundamental shift. If I think that to be okay, I need my next client to sign up or um, that that's a that's quite a needy place to be coming from. Um, and it's a it's quite an- anxiety inducing to, to think that, you know, 
I can't be okay. And yes, you can put it into financial so we could deal with that separately, the money. But just fundamentally, can I be okay without that person signing up? Yes, I can. It just really releases a whole load of, of thinking. And when that thinking's not there, there's just a, a clear-sightedness. There's a, a groundedness. Um, just to be present and, uh, you know, open to, to what's there, to what is. Yeah, and I think um, so much from what you just said, that that thought principle, that's, I've never done a three principles training, but when I was, as people listen to that episode with Jamie, will um, will hear when I was starting out, I I just kept like, you know, he's a generous person. And it's there's another sales technique in some ways, like give away a lot mm. of stuff have a guy inviting you on their podcast years later and have somebody who listens to it sign up like it, it works mm-hmm. and um i absorbed a huge amount from from him in that way and it, it, as another person a bit like youth kind of thinker perfectionist tendencies uh like what did you say like um getting everything right mm. thing person that that thought piece was is really powerful for me as well and mm. just recognizing really that the, the thing it always makes me i went to a workshop of Jamie's once in London and um you can really see it. I've got you know uh, Leah is two now and you really see it with her he said you know we know when we've got a toddler in front of us that their teddy bear isn't what makes them okay mm. right because it's a teddy bear and we laugh about that without realizing that we all have a teddy bank account or a teddy client that we need to get or a teddy job title that we must have in order to be okay and uh, you know I think that that stuff is so powerful for, you know, for you as a coach, but I also imagine bringing that understanding to your clients is, has been powerful as well. Has that been the case? What have you seen in your client works? Oh, actually, before we do that, Henrietta, I think you did two of the three principles, but not consciousness. Oh, consciousness. Well, that's, that's the sort of the awareness that the, the consciousness that, that we're all in, like the, the fact that I'm sitting here and I'm aware of the fact that I'm having a conversation with you. So that's the third mm-hmm. principle is consciousness. Right. And you could actually really say that it's all in in one. I think he 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 pulled them apart into three for ease, but you could say actually, which we're all we're all one consciousness. Um, you know, that's getting that's getting more spiritual and and probably beyond my pay grade. But um, you know, I think uh, yeah. And sorry, what was the other question you asked? <laughs> Good, that's a great uh, great coaches journey podcast thing to happen because mm-hmm. yeah, who knows what I just asked? No, what I asked is. Um, I'm going to hear from you what an impact doing the the the, the boot camp with Jamie and and getting this three principles understanding had for you. Mm. Have you seen with the clients that you've worked with since then? Have you seen the client work be different? Or the answer is yes. So how have you seen the client work to be different? Yeah, well, just to catch, I've so I did the the um, thriving coaches uh, blueprint with Jamie. Then I signed up to do the CCT, which is called the Clarity Coaching Training. Clarity certification training, um, which is talking, going deeper into these principles. And then I've now signed up to do the advanced facilitator and practitioner training. So I'm, I'm deep into Jamie work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning about particularly bringing these principles to clients because it's not necessarily straightforward, you know, particularly in the coaching context. Not everyone is as interested as you and I are and to, how the human psyche works. And so not everyone wants you to sit and lecture them on that. You know, it's just it's just pinpointing the relevant piece of it that's going to help them get over their particular obstacle. So 
that's something that's been a journey. And I think that most people who um, come into this understanding, they often can get into very preachy mode very early on, you know, like, oh, you've got to know this. This is going to be life. um, It's going to transform your life. It's incredible. And actually what people find is that people can be quite resistant to that. You know, they push back on it. You know, I don't need to know all of this. You know, I'm, I'm getting on perfectly well in my life apart from this one area, you know. So what I'm learning is is how to weave it into more sort of traditional coaching um, in a way that, yeah, that that helps my clients. So in their particular, the particular issue that they're having. Um Actually, you and I remember us joking about the, the longed for testimonial that you have where you get this. Um, we both joked about sometimes we get a bit disappointed when a testimonial doesn't say, oh, my God, you've completely changed my life. And actually, I had I did have one saying um, the, using the transformational word the other day, uh, which was a big moment. I was like, yeah, that's the first I've had lots of, you know, very helpful. Couldn't have done it without her. But the kind of it's been transformative that I had that the first time the other day. And so that that felt a. A nice fist pumpy moment. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was, was being interviewed on a podcast today, and I was thinking about you. I, I think I mentioned you by name, and, and then forgot to say that we were speaking for this podcast, so that people mm. won't be drawn to, to listen. But it was on the Better, Bolder, Braver podcast. I, I can't remember what it's called. Um, the, the actual show—that's the name of the company. They're really worth checking out for people who are listening. Um, and I was telling the story because somebody was asking me about testimonials and I, they'd heard me on the last episode of this show talking about my You Are Amazing, Robbie, Don't Forget document, which is like a list of mm. all my testimonials basically pulled together. But I was remembering us having a conversation and you, you having a really important, saying a really important thing to me, um, which is we had this conversation about how, and I really feel this, testimonials are almost always underwhelming as a coach. <laughs> and I actually think I used to think that was my, my, my problem, like a problem with like a, a development thing for me to work on, to be able to mm. absorb that thing. I actually think it's just most of the time it's going to be true because no two paragraphs can ever sum up the feeling of being present with somebody in a coaching yeah. session. Uh, and so it, it's always going to be a bit anticlimactic, especially if the testimonial comes pretty soon after you've finished a really successful coaching engagement with somebody because you felt the transformation that it's had for them. And then you get two paragraphs, which say, no matter what they say, are just two paragraphs of writing. Yeah. Um, written from quite a rational place, usually by people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said something like that to you and aren't the testimonial always a bit disappointing. And then you, I'm pretty sure you came back and were like, Robbie, you said that last time, but I've just read the testimonials on your website and they're awesome. Something like that. <laughs> and then after that, this is the insight I shared today, that I then went back to them. Mm. And was able to see, because you'd called it, that they were, in fact, almost exactly the testimonials that I would like to have. I can't remember if they're still the exact ones I've got on my site. Um, some of them might be some new ones. But it was the one, I think the ones that were there at the time, where the, people can, if people want to go and check it out, were the ones from Faisal and Alice and Kate and maybe Charlotte Bennett. I think those are the ones that are up there. I think it's a slightly different mix there now, but some of those ones are still there. And mm. interestingly, because I was thinking about this, when I was on your website before this call, you said there's this amazing one right is this the one you're talking about where one of no, the sentences is great the is, there's this one which says i really believe it that's the coaching with henrietta has changed the way i think forever yeah like, i just think like if i was to write if you were to write if we sat down when we had that conversation on the coach's journey um coaching program you know in 2020 whenever it was and we'd written down things that would count as really good testimonials that's a thing, right, Henry? So that's an amazing result. 
Well, that shows. I can't even remember that one. I can't. It's, even, it's one yeah, of the two so, that's on the homepage, so okay, you can go after that's this. That's interesting. I'll have and to go read and have that. a look. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the testimonials, the other testimonials on your site are great as well. But when I read that that one in particular is the one that of yours that I would be like, oh, why has no one <laughs> written this testimony? Maybe they have. I need to check the ones that are on my site before I before I say that. Um, the other thing about coaching is interesting is sometimes people don't see the benefit of it until sometime a bit later as well. I think that can be true that sometimes it sort of doesn't hit home. I mean, I don't know. I think particularly sometimes with introducing this understanding to people, which you, you can also talk about it. Michael Neal refers to it as the inside out understanding, which is a little um, more accessible maybe than. than yeah, exactly. Which is the fact that our entire experience is generated inside of us you know in and, and everything is you know comes via our own thinking so we think that the outside world um impacts on us but it's really our thinking about the outside world that can that that impacts us you know that um uh and that can sometimes be slow burn yeah. people see it they kind of they get it and then then it kind of it comes into the they see it in action and then only later do they actually realize the impact it's had yeah, yeah, and um, I think that's kind of how, how it has been for me. Like, um, you can read it in a way. The um, people can read it on my website. We'll put a link. I sh- in twenty twenty when the pandemic was going on, I shared one of the some chapters from a book that is still not out that I <laughs> I basically had written for years, which is uh, annoying when you've written other books about mm. finally sharing work that you've made and that kind of thing. But in there, you know, I track I track that understanding. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to get that understanding from the three principles is, no. you know, is, is the thing that's worth saying. Like people, if people are kind of put off by that, which I think sometimes people are, especially if like you say somebody's just discovered this exciting thing. And it's, and it's like whenever we discover coaching, right, we try and coach everyone. It's like, it doesn't yeah. really work. But, you know, for me, I discovered it in all kinds of ways. Um, and Jamie was a, definitely a part of that. And it is. And then it took me, it's taken me a long time. You, then you've got mm-hmm. to use that understanding to work with your experience of reality yeah. and practice. Exactly. remembering that it's inside out when it feels really like it's outside in and yeah, when that's... everyone around you believes it's outside in it's yeah. quite a hard thing to hold and remember the understanding that you have a lot we i believe you know i believe you believe sid banks jamie all those people believe that it's a lot more in our it's at the very least our experience of reality is a lot more within the comes from the inside than we well, think well they'd say it's 100 yeah you know, i know even, they would even but well, I, guess I, I believe it's 100% because actually believing that it's not 100%, that it sometimes oh, nice. is and sometimes isn't can actually catch you out because you go, oh, this time it's not, it's not, it is really that person that's sort of making me feel this way. Yeah. And, that, and like you then, said, that, sometimes it's good to say a slightly good. outrageous thing because it's yeah. like, you know, I guess I'm doing the, there's two ways to bring people with you, isn't there? In some ways, there's like, yeah, at the very least, like, why don't you try this out? Because that's mm. the thing that I was bringing by at least or more than. And then it, the other way is like, um yeah no here's this thing it sounds outrageous <laughs> that'll make that'll be remembered yeah yeah 100 percent. and yeah i can really imagine it if you don't believe that it's 100 percent, then you have this chance that the non 100 percent bit yeah can that, be anywhere you are most least comfortable it, with exactly <laughs> the non 100 percent bit when it's not 100 percent, it's uh sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and it's not nearly so helpful because actually when when you know it's a hundred percent, even when that person really appears to be making you feel a certain way, yeah. you're not even debating it. You know that it's it's you that's that's creating this feeling, even though they're really stimulate. You know, they're triggering your thinking. 
Yeah. You still know that it's your thinking that's making you upset because it couldn't possibly, they can't possibly put a feeling in you. It's just not possible. Yeah. But someone else can put a feeling in you. Only yes. person that can put a feeling in you is you via your own thinking. Yeah, it's a really good um, challenge, Henrietta. I'm kind of enjoying letting that sink in. The, the person to listen to, I think, the really compelling on this is Dr. Keith Blevins. He 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 talks about this and he says it doesn't, if you think it's not 100%, that's what a lot of society thinks. They think it's, yeah, sometimes, sometimes not. It doesn't have its transformational, transformational impact. Um, it just doesn't because you let you let some except everything falls within an exception. Yeah, yeah. But I also think you can. There are lots of people. You know, you could, you could probably. Have, I actually haven't read it, but you could probably read *Man's Search for Meaning* by Victor Frankl and get exactly that same Absolutely. message. You know, um, and yeah, many other many other people who have seen that truth really um and look i one of the things i you know creating the books last year was great because it made me go back through all the thoughts that i've had in, in over those years in those blog posts and there's one that i really like just like people will get wrapped up in with that challenge that you've kind of just given people they'll get wrapped up in is that true mm. and actually i think it, my view for those people would be it doesn't matter because like what Dr. Sorry, what was the name? Dr. Keith Blevins. Dr. Keith Blevins. Like he's, I completely agree with him that what matters is like, do you want something that's going to have a transformative impact on your life? And if you do, then believe this hundred percent and you'll see it. Um, yeah. It's like, it matters, you know, we can, we can choose to believe something because it's true, but we can also choose to believe something because it's really useful for us to choose to believe that thing. Yeah. And we don't know that it's not true. Yeah. And so um, that's like, I think that there's a, there's a really powerful experiment for people to do mm -hmm. with this to to really start to see the power of how much our response governs how we feel. Yeah, and just to catch, like it's a very very convincing illusion that the outside <laughs> world makes us feel a certain way, and I get trapped daily by it. Um, Jamie will be trapped daily by it. Michael will be too, and, and everyone will because that's part of the human experience. So it's not saying once you see through this that you'll yeah. never, you know, you'll, you'll never, never have thoughts again. again basically, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not. It doesn't yeah. work that way. It's just, um, and yeah, it's just knowing that that it does work that way. And so I, yeah. Anyway, I can go on about my journey on this because that I, I'm also now teaching it. This mm. sort of understanding to children as well via this program called iHeart, which um, oh. which I which I love as well. Yeah, say some more about that. Um, so because I have been so touched by this understanding and it's had such an impact on me, I sort of you know I've been devouring a lot of, uh, sort of podcasts and books and all sorts of things around it. And I listened to this lady uh, Terry Rubenstein talking about. Uh, the, the work that she she had this clinic which was called the innate health clinic where people would come to see her with all sorts of um generally mental health uh issues and she'd work with them and then they say oh my god i wish i'd known this when i was a child you know, like this would have been transformational if i'd known this when i was younger and so then she said right we need to do this with the children and so what they've done at iheart is create a, a really powerful and really clever way of explaining it to children in a way that's fun, uh, engaging, interesting. Um, yeah. And 
so you know I now can go into schools and I can um, give uh, do that program I can do it on zoom as well and children are actually much more um, receptive to it because they haven't had the years of conditioning which tell them that the world works you know a certain way and um, so yeah I'm really enjoying that work too and that's Doing that, I never sort of set out, I never thought, oh, I'm going to do some work with children. It's never been something I've thought I could do working with children. But so that actually, I feel that that was a sort of a bit more of a nudge that I had, which was just like, you've got to just do this. Um, it wasn't, didn't come from an intellectual place. It just came from a, well, this just seems really important that that children in particular in today's world know about this because um you know with social media and phones um and you know we read all the time about the the statistics for mental health in children that you know they're not good so this just felt like yeah a, a nudge that you you've got to do something in this space so um so yeah that's that's why I got involved in that yeah I can really hear that and with your your oldest you said is it's like 11 now is that right she wrote, yeah yeah so it's like right coming into that period of I got I got really um uh two of my favorite people to listen to collided when the guy uh the, the researcher jonathan height was on the tim ferris show i was just mm. reminded of jonathan height he, he used to work as kind of uh he's a psychologist of our morality really but but a few years ago he got really sidetracked into the thing you just referenced the effects of social media and technology on particularly young people particularly girls mm-hmm. is, is his view and so mm. yeah, i got really like kind of mobilized by that again and yeah. definitely encourage people to and we'll put a link to height on the tim ferris show there's a lot it's a long episode and you could skip to the middle or you could find another bit of his content or somebody else's about the risks of technology but i just had this real flash again of you know the risks are high mm. actually for young people interfacing with technology in ways that you know my brother often talks about how our generation me you him uh, like he's really glad that we were the age we were so that we remember what yeah. life was like before mm. whereas your children and mine his will only remember after after yeah. really after the iphone after facebook you know and it's a different world and i'm glad to be grounded a little bit more in the physical world because of because of that yeah and what terry says which i think is she says she likes a, and i don't know who said the quote it's something like of rather than preparing the road for the children, um, prepare the children for the road. And I think that's what iHeart is doing. It's saying, you know, we can't take away social media. We can't take away iPhones. Um, uh, but we can prepare them to see, you know, what it is and to see that um, their their sense of okayness, their well-being does not depend on on getting approval from, you know, people on the internet or their friends and all of that. Yeah, big work. Wow. And and I don't know whether like maybe maybe you've got an intuition whether it's now I got like one part of me that wants to say okay what what what's the rest of your work looking like now? Mm-hmm. And another part of me that wants to say what are the other like what are the other points on the journey that we haven't touched on yet that feel like we should we should like hit before we move on to what life's like now um have you got a feeling about where we go 
Well, I've, I'd written down the particular episodes from your podcasts yeah. that I that I like. We've talked about um, a few, haven't we? We've talked about, well, I mentioned Katrina. You talked about her as a person. I mentioned the episode. We talked about Jamie and Allegra, haven't we? Yeah, Katrina, actually, I remember she, what, something that she said. Well, two things. When I was b- grappling with the charging thing, she was like, um, you know, how you work out what you're going to charge is, is like a, some scales, you know, the, the balance between, um, you know, what you're getting from the coaching and, and what. And so it might be and what, and what you're giving and so trying to find somewhere in the middle you know where it feels right you know okay I'm getting experience um you know I'm giving them you know what I've learned and sort of so that's something I play with even now actually kind of like what feels the right amount to be charging here um so that was something that really valuable um and I loved her story actually about her um her lung claps and her, her just coming into consciousness and that that words those words I'm too far away from the joy um, I got a little shiver you telling saying that then you know it's yeah again really encourage people to check that out I I remember that's the title of that episode I think and mm. I really remember feeling like with that one we'd really made something Katrina and I of, of uh, uh, you know we'd we'd really let her into that conversation and when I look back I don't know if it's because she runs coaching training and put points lots of people at it but I don't look at the um stats for the show very often but there's you know there's there's like a you know most the, the first episode gets the most listens and then the most okay. recent episode because because the mm. people who listen to the most recent one it's come out and there's people who go back to the beginning to start it but there's always a spike with Katrina's one oh, okay um, interesting I yeah. think because that story is so good basically that people and because yeah. we, there's something in that one that, that people probably stay with it as well yeah it's a great question to ask for anyone to ask themselves how far away are you from the joy in life I mean you know if it's sort of uh, far far away then there's probably something that that needs to be addressed yeah so it's a it's a that's a that was a really profound sort of um thing that she said there um yeah allegra i love what allegra has brought to the coaching industry uh she's got a such a sort of a generous and a um a lightness about her and a, and also a challenge a challenge of what you're hearing in this space you know if you you know, she she she's challenged what she calls the coaching industrial co- um, concept, and so she's been. Um, you know, I went on, I did a a short course with her, um, and yeah, she's just a a real array of sunshine. I think um, yeah. in in this industry, and I yeah, I I really value what, and she's also so prolific. She puts out so much. She does, yeah, and, and I've said this before, but I love uh, there's two episodes with Allegra, and I, you know, get into the space with her. She's just full of the way she explains ideas mm. it's like i would say if i was to point out what she does that is just truly world class it is that it is like she's always she never just explains a thing she explains it with a with a kind of flourish that really helps me understand it yeah um yeah exactly. nice nice what and and yeah yeah what else is there that, that well that actually what i was thinking as I was going through the episode and I was there's a sort of Maya Angelou quote which just says you don't remember what people say you remember how they make you feel yeah. and actually I sort of felt as I was going through the podcast there are some that make you feel that where you are is okay and that it's all okay because sometimes I would I would always be in this you know I would say that one of my sort of weaknesses has previously always been impatience like I should be further along than I am you know I want to get going I, I need to um you know, which essentially was a kind of inability to be with the present I see now. It was kind mm. of like, oh, I'm not okay with where I am. I need to be there because then I'll be okay. Right. And I 
yeah, that that was something that was sort of with me for a lot of my life. And, and particularly actually on this coaching journey, there was a kind of impatience with it. You know, I wanted it to go faster than it was going. And um, so a couple, you know, someone like Phil Goddard, actually, as well, he sort of really speaks to that about being kind of going a bit more with the ebb and flow of life and seeing that, you know, yeah, and just sort of embracing the hard times, you know, and embracing the suck, I think I wrote down mm-hmm. and he said, yeah, embracing those. And um, so, yeah, so there's there's been, yeah, Phil and and actually a lot of your guests, when they talk about the kind of the false starts that they've had along the way, you know, like you, you see that there's no – there has there's not one person there's not no linear trajectory is there towards coaching everyone makes it up their own way and people go around in circles and come back and you know it's always a squiggly line um and that for someone who had a obsession with getting it right and and thinking that everything had to be linear like my legal career had been yeah. it's been really nice to hear that because i think i used to berate myself for the fact that didn't appear to be linear my coaching journey it seemed to be a bit sort of all over the place and so there's there's been yeah, a I think acceptance even, you know you probably had it like you said like you know once you set out on the, the as I understand it you know this much better than me once you set out on the kind of path to be a lawyer there is a quite a, it's a bit like the path to be a doctor there is a long bit which essentially you make choices in but mm. you know what happens in the next year and you know exactly yeah. which choices it'll be and you know what the choices will be between yeah and um so I think you probably had that really starkly, but I think most of us probably have it in some way. Uh, at least people of our age and our generation, and maybe a little bit younger, but but and certainly older, because that was much more the story of careers mm. until the, and and coaching is is the opposite end of it. Like everything yeah. is a bit more like is a bit squigglier than um, it used to be, but um, coaching or or to me, it looks like from these conversations I've had and what I've seen with clients and all kinds of things is at the is also at the opposite end from the law. <laughs> mm. So you probably had that particularly, yeah, particularly. Yeah, the there. two were probably really jutting against each other. This, yeah, the this sort of real um, fixed, uh, ex- exactly. And actually, I remember being really. It's one of the beauties of coaching is it's um, how free I am to do what I want with my time and you know I can make something create it put it out there um you know I'd like to be doing more of that and and I will be um but also it was a great limiter for me it was like what there's no boundaries there's no rules you know I want to have I want to have structure I want to kind of know what's okay what's not okay and um so that's been a real uh sort of thing for me to work on that that sort of you know the the fact that there is no structure, that there is a freedom about it, which, yeah, I, I struggled with. And is there anything you've done practically or uh, mentally to be more at peace with that or to work with that struggle? It's probably a question of just time and being used to it and being less um, conditioned from my old career. I think, you know, I'm, I'm further and further, you know, every year yeah, that passes, yeah. I'm further away from that and more... Um, in my new way of being um there is there's a piece around acceptance of not knowing that i'm still um 
grappling with. I sometimes I notice that sometimes I don't want to do something if I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, which obviously is most things that you you're gonna, you know, a lot of things. If I, you know, create a program or something. Wait, yeah. I'm gonna do the same thing to you. Isn't it everything? Yeah, well, pretty much everything. <laughs> Only everything do you not know yeah. how it's gonna work out. Yeah. So there's a um there's that. Yeah. Uh that's that still, you know, feels like uh the the sort of and I think that's that is a bit of a comes with practice because the more uh you do try things and maybe they do work out or maybe they don't, and you still see that you're okay, like even when they don't, or and that even when they don't, there's something to be taken from that. There's still some real value to be taken away from that. So seeing that and you know, and, and learning, you know, this is something I play with clients, you know, like creating experiments, you know, what experiment can you create today? Like see how it works out without a particular attachment to how it goes. That that for me is very freeing if I just think, oh, right. So instead of actually doing a thing and putting it out, I'm actually doing an experiment. Okay, I'm just sort of working. I'm, I'm in almost in my lab and I'm experimenting what's going to happen here. That for me uh, brings a, a freedom to it and a, and a sort of fun as well. Yeah, it, um, it just for people, for listeners, like if you haven't, if you're a coach and you haven't played with, you know that that end of the coaching session action oriented bit. If you haven't played with using experiments there and naming that, when we uh, Mike Toller and I, who was a guest on the show, we ran some coaching training. I talked about this a bunch as we were doing it on different episodes, and um, my favorite bit was creating and teaching. One of my favorite bits was creating and teaching the experiments bit. And I was trying to think of what other tools we could teach to help people with that final part of the coaching. I just couldn't because it was just like, that's the one you should yeah, use. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's always freeing. It always focuses on learning. It always removes fear, some fear and some perfectionism and some of all those things that stop people taking action. And it always, because it makes learning, because if we really get into an experimental mindset, then learning is the, is is what you're after Which and you're you always can always get. learn like that's 100 yeah. within your control is whether you learn from a situation yeah exactly and and i was i was talking to um jamie about this actually and and he was saying well it makes sense that you're not you weren't okay with that because no one wants an experimental lawyer you know, in your <laughs> whole career. i mean which is true right, like right. you don't want a lawyer saying i'm going to experiment with this new form of contract it might work it might not like uh no um you know so that that's something I've had to work on, you know, that that it's okay. And and you know, and I remember and, and sort of had to really work through well, what could go wrong, you know, like because also you know, really kind of conscious of not wanting to do anything that could potentially harm a client or, you know, because you know, these are people you're dealing with, you know, these are real life people with real life problems. And so, you know, there has to be a seriousness with that. But then there are you know, so but actually you know, I, I sort of I've worked through that and I kind of I've seen that as long as everything comes with with a good intention and love, then I can't see many situations where something could go hugely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, Henrietta, let's do the second question. I mean, you're, you're welcome to, to ignore me and answer that that question that you answered. But the the one that I the other one that I was interested in before I'm still interested in and I'm sure listeners are. So you talked about iHeart and this like diving deep into learning with with Jamie on on clarity and the three principles 
how else does your like what does your coaching look like now and and what yeah what what does it look like who are you working with how does that fit in with the rest of your life um so at the moment I would say that the kind of niche thing I have slightly put on hold but it tends to have found me and it tends to be people who are at a bit of a career crossroads um they know that um whatever they're doing isn't quite right like I kind of you could categorize them as that not that yeah. uh, so I know it's not this but I, you know what job what I'm in but I don't know what it is so you could have that kind of category of people um I love working with creatives or people that have like a a nugget of an idea and they then want to some help in in you know making it happen um putting it into the world do they have some possibly they have some fears around that around you know visibility and um you know launching something so i love working with people around that there's something that's sort of coming to me now around um stress and helping people um manage uh stress and that actually i say helping people manage it because it's not going to be some tools and techniques actually it's going to be um helping them see where their stress is coming from um i see that a lot in our in the world today the the sort of stress and we all know the impact that stress can have on families on health on all of those things um so that's something i feel a bit cool to do possibly in a kind of group context um i also and resilience is the other thing um uh that i feel um I would like to do more work around um because actually I think what the understanding um the 3P understanding does is it points to how resilient we are as human beings which is actually far more resilient than we think we are um and so it's it's pointing people to that and something very profound that someone said which is our ability to be resilient is sort of directly correlates with our knowledge of how resilient we actually are so actually mm-hmm. pointing them to to their own resilience and giving them sort of actual you know specific actually opening their eyes to it not just by sort of building them up you are resilient in a kind of much more sort of like stripping back what it what it is to be human um that can be really really powerful and i've seen it you know i haven't had to deal with the sort of big circumstance but but smaller situations that have come up i have been able to deal with in a much um better way than i would have previously yeah and you uh, we had a really nice conversation which we regretted not having already switched on the recording <laughs> for about how you look at your coaching just in the context of your life and i think it taps back to that thing you said about how you used to really want it to go faster or be somewhere particular at a certain stage and you feel differently about that now i wonder if don't, you don't have to try and recreate it because that beautiful conversation is lost forever now <laughs> listeners will just have to imagine that it was the most articulate and wonderful yeah. description of humanity they've ever was. heard mm. um but but to give them a flavor they're like tenacious d you know tribute to that conversation mm. what yeah wh- how do you see your business fitting into the wider picture of your life at the moment yeah well this was something that um it came out of a conversation with a fellow coach who asked me a quite a direct question was how many hours have you got available to coach and i kind of went through 
my diary and I kind of went through a typical week and I told him whatever hours they were and I can't even remember what they were and he said okay so you're a part-time coach and that was a that was a real sort of big moment for me it was like oh of course I am yes I am because I've got three children a husband that's in London a lot you know lots of other calls pulls on my life and actually accepting that I am a part-time coach for the moment has been really freeing because actually I'm not trying to compare myself who with people who are doing it full time. You know, I could get very trapped in that, you know, oh my God, they're launching another course, they're doing more, you know, how are they managing to do all of this when I was comparing myself with them? And now I'm just much more accepting of where I am in, in the journey and knowing that there are other things in my life which are important at the moment. Um, so I am, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not uh I'm slightly obsessed with coaching, I would say. So it takes up quite a lot of my time. So when I'm on the school run, I'm always listening to to podcasts and things mm. like that. But um, I'm not. I don't have that feeling of I should be doing more because um, otherwise, that that I I did get in that space a bit, and it um, it created a, a sort of a, a real underlying constant uh, anxiety of like I need to be doing more. Why aren't I doing more? And you know, I'd be you know, flying around the supermarket to do a shop or, you know, just in a very sort of stressed out way. Um, I, because... I imagine I, I've had a similar-ish experience. I sometimes talk about it with my email inbox. But I, I imagine that once you were shifted that, you actually, you know, shifted that kind of anxiety about not doing more, you probably did more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, No great work comes from a place of high anxiety, as <laughs> where I'm concerned, at least. Inspiration does not flow from a state of high anxiety exactly so exactly much more grounded and accepting of where I am and I'd always said that what a you know another element of coaching that really appealed to me was that I could ramp it up or ramp it down according to where my children were or you know what was going on in my life and and that still is the case that I, I'm sure I will ramp it up you know when my when there's less going on family wise um and actually, that was I love that about Claire Pedrick, who said that, too, that, you know, she started off her coaching, you know, very much just within nursery hours, you know, which to start off with like, were very limited. She went further, didn't she? She, she, said, she said it was like the superpower secret ingredient that had yeah. led to her success. Yeah. Like, people should definitely check that out. It's great. That second, in a way, the second half of that conversation is my favorite bit because we get into some of that stuff and the kind of like practicalities. But, yeah, I was thinking of that when you were talking and um. And she does talk about that really well, that, that that how that can be once you accept the reality of that and like that it's that it's what you want. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, you, you know, you want to have that, you know, it sounds from Claire and, and from you, like both of you wanted the time with your children, the time to yeah. put into family, the time to put into other things. So then you've got this amount of time. What are you going to do with it? And how are you going to make that feel right and good and count and all those kinds of things? And you also said a really nice thing, which because we've got that feel of of dipping into old episodes reminded me of Jennifer Garvey Berger's piece that she said about comparison which is that we tend to compare like one aspect of our life with somebody else who where that is the only aspect of their life mm -hmm. and we always compare poorly with that exactly. you know and it's your great example it's like coaching is a part of my life as is as are my children the family the place that I live these other things there are people for who who don't have children, for example, yeah. where if they, you know, if you just take that out, 
the energy, the, you know, the time, I mean, you wouldn't do this because you'd have to take out the love and all these, the meaning and all these things. But if you did take it out, there's a lot more time and a lot more capacity to launch another three different coaching programs, right? right. But so it's a, it's a really unfair comparison in that way. So it's a really nice catch that you, that you, you did that. And, and that's, we're all going to be up against that so much because of modern day, you know, the, so, you know, the modern day way that we live and social yeah. media. We you always the, the, see the more successful person. Exactly. Like, smacking us in the face on Instagram yeah. or, or, or Facebook. Yeah. So, and, so being able to know that, that yeah, uh, it's yeah. really important. Anyway, it's great. It's a great chance to segue now because you've got to go and pick up some, <laughs> some children from school. Um, and that's a part of what you do. And it's part of your life. And this is the end of, I imagine, the day of coaching today. Um, yeah. I, got, I got a question for you and then a kind of open-ended thing. The question is, you said you're obsessed about coaching. And it's always, you know, it's what you're listening to. After all these years, why are you obsessed about coaching? <laughs> oh. Ah. That's such a good question, and I could go so many ways. Um, on the one hand, it's a desire to get better. So it's a desire to, like, so actually I'm doing these courses, so it's learning from experts like Jamie, and so it's a desire to, and not, and it, and it I could have been previously to get better so that I was okay or so that I felt so I was whole as a person, and actually it's not coming from that place. It's just like... It's a re like, you know, it's like I play the piano and I want to get better at the piano because that'll just be fun. So it's that. Um, I love hearing just different, it's different perspectives, um, learning from people. I love the, the potential that powerful coaching, what, what powerful coaching can do for people because it really can, I think, change people's lives for the better and and you know someone's you know going along on one trajectory and they have some powerful coaching and and kind of a whole new world can be opened up to them um of, of who they are what's possible for them um the capacity to to feel you know, you know love in a relationship or something that they hadn't put previously been able to to have or the capacity to live in the present moment like when previously they were up in their heads with a you know head full of bees as one of my colleagues talks about you know where they're constantly in their thoughts you know worrying about the next thing um, I mean to go from that place to actually just being present to what is 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 a, a, you know an incredible thing to be able to point someone to which take them from the plate the head full of bees to the place of just being present to what is is which is essentially where coaching has taken me, actually, really. I mean, just catching that. Yeah, I, I was very up in my head, very up in theories and ideas and what's right and what I should be doing and what others were doing. And and now I'm very much more just, you know, what's going on now, you know. And so that's, that's quite transformative in terms of your relationships with, with others and particularly my own children, actually, I'd say. Yeah. Not all the time. No, not but, all yeah. the time. No, I get that. Um, and, and just a really quick one for people who are listening and they're like, oh, I, I can just imagine this listener. It's probably me in the past at certain points. Like if you're obsessed about coaching, what are the things that you listen to or read that, that, that you know, if you had to point people at three or four things to, to um, satiate their obsession with coaching, where would you point them? 
I point them to your podcast, Robbie. Oh, the already... only answer. That's all they need. And they've already, no, no, what else? What else? They've already found it. Well, actually, I think I've I've bought a lot of books on the back of your podcast. I've actually got Claire Pedrick here, um, sitting on my desk. Um, I mean, I'm doing Jamie's course, so all of Jamie's because I I have a lot of material from him that um, to go through. So that's probably where I spend a lot of my time. Um, uh, Phil Goddard, I I enjoy um, his podcast as well. Um, um, oh, Steve Chandler, I'm I'm really uh, on a on a roll with Steve Steve Chandler books uh, and listening to him. They a they make me laugh, um, which I think is great because we can sometimes take ourselves quite seriously in coaching. And I think have it, he brings a lightness to it, uh, yeah, which really always, um, yeah, which is always good. Um, so yeah, quite often. And actually, um, there's a great book which actually I've started reading recently, which um, and I now forgotten the name. It's Karen Davis and Alex Mill, I think, which is how to um, get the mo- how how to get the most out of coaching. I think it's called. Uh, and that's so, a, yeah, we'll find a we'll confirm that. Yeah, that's people. a brilliant. That's going to change, I think, a little bit how I set up my coaching arrangements, putting more accountability on the client to get real value out of uh, the coaching engagement. Um, you know, rather than just saying, here I am, show up, you know, once every two weeks and let's see where we go. Sort of saying, you know, do you want this to be that or do you want this to be completely transformative? If you do you know, I need quite a lot from you. I need you to do these things, read the resources that I tell you, you know, listen to the podcast that I share with you, um, you know, to prepare before our sessions, you know, so that's something I'm going to be playing with a bit more is being a a little bit more, what's the word sort of, yeah, tough in terms of, you know, what, what, how they're going to get the most out of it, because ultimately, it's going to help them the most and um that's what i want yeah and most people when they point to great coaches they have in other kinds of coaching sports coaches that kind of thing there's an element of tough love in there when they yeah um and it's like you said it's it's an act of service they don't have to do those things but if you don't say to them and it's you know making me think as well i'm sure it's listeners actually the people who make the most of this i do it in one part of my work i'd like the people who make the most of this tend to speak every week or two mm-hmm. not not speak for three weeks and yeah. it, it, people do respond really well to that and they, they yeah. jump in. Henrietta, you need to go and do this cool run. Tell me, is there anything, last thought or or thing that we haven't said that you want to say before we before we say goodbye? No, it's been a it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. So thank you for um agreeing to my audacious request. Um yeah, I think uh the only yeah, I think I would just encourage people if they're at whatever stage of their journey to enjoy that stage of their journey because you know they'll be at a different stage you know a year on and and they'll look back and sort of say well I wonder why I didn't enjoy that a bit more it's actually like any part of life isn't it sort of I look back at photos of my children as babies and think oh I was so looking for the next stage then I'm not sure if I enjoyed it as much as I should have but that's an easy thing to say but yeah just sort of um you know it's a it's a it's a wonderful journey of 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 uh, exploration um and so just to enjoy that exploration i think is um is what i would say yeah lovely well thanks so much i think everything you've shared in this conversation will actually really help with that i think that's that's a really nice that's what we've been talking about for most of the 
of the episode so thanks for that um uh it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah let's do this again and we could also hang out without recording podcasts as well <laughs> okay thank you so much robbie hello robbie here again a couple of quick things before you go on to whatever else you've got going on in the rest of your day uh, and that is if you've enjoyed this conversation then you might be interested in becoming a supporter of the coach's journey podcast or joining the coach's journey community both of those are ways to support the show help it continue help it reach more and more people but they also give you other things that you might be interested in if you become a supporter which is paying a small amount of money every month then you'll get advanced notice of guests, perhaps the chance to ask questions of guests, um, depending on what membership level you have, and and more monthly video updates from me, all kinds of other bits and pieces. And if you join the Coach's Journey community, then you get all of that, plus you get to be part of a group coaching program led by me um, and attend group coaching calls up to 10 times a year, have one-on-one coaching with me and be part of a community of coaches who want to create thriving coaching businesses and thrive as people while they do it. And um, one of the members said recently that the word that keeps coming up in the members WhatsApp group is beautiful to describe those calls. And so um, I'd love to have you there on one of those calls. Um, and as a member of the community or a supporter of the show, it would mean the world to me and it helped me to keep doing this thing that I love to do and that many, many people have told me is really helpful for them. So thanks very much for listening and hope to have you back with us on the Coach's Journey podcast sometime soon. Thank you.